I'm Sarah. And I'm Stacy Joe. And again, we are those weirdos from Michigan. We are weirdos, yeah, that's right. We'll help you see the darkness in the light. Psst. We know you have a story. We know you want to send us your story. If you do, you will be entered in a giveaway at the end of this month. The prizes are a card that will be colored by us weirdos. We have a painting we're going to be sending out. And we have a $10 gift card to Amazon. I know it's not much, but you can buy yourself a little som-som. It's free. Go ahead and send in any kind of story. It doesn't have to be weird. We just want to keep it with the theme, you know, weird stories, weirdos from Michigan. You get it. We also have a blog. Last week we talked about excuses. I gave you three tools to help you with excuses, keep you motivated every week. So go ahead and check out all those links down below. And I will give you the podcast now. Enjoy. Sit back and relax until you can. Listen to those weirdos from Michigan. Why, hello, my weird, weird friends. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, because, uh, yeah, they're going to answer. They might. <laughs> if they do, it'd be really freaky. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe our little EVP guys will, you know, come in and go, of course. Yes. Hi. The door. <laughs> <laughs> what door? <laughs> right? Right? We've got all kinds of cool EVPs on our Patreon. You have to go over there and check it out. They are yes. cool, but you only get the good, 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 goods when you go over there. Yes, because we have some good news about Patreon. We do. We're going to be putting all of our other mental health stuff on there so you guys can get more in depth. And we'll have a lot of good stuff probably starting in the next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm hoping. Yep. Right. Fresh from revealing your manifestation. Yes. After our weird stories. Yes. So you go over there and check it out. It is revealing your manifestation. It is on Spotify, uh, Google and Apple. Is it on Apple now? I think so. I will double check that. But okay. you guys do have Spotify. That's free to download. Check yeah. it out. We're there also. So that will be all of our mental health and everything we think about on that. So how was your week, sis? You know, I'm just going to out with it because I'm struggling this week mentally. I'm a little depressed because I found out that my daughter might have or might not have cancer on her leg and it kind of freaks me out and I'm in limbo so it's really freaking me out yes not knowing is super trippy yes it is and it's scary because she's my baby right and um, just ask that people are going to keep us in their thoughts and really send some good positive vibes Emma's way so how was your week it wasn't bad. I had a client again for oh, the second week in a row. Good times. Good times. The dreaded client with the husband that came into the parking lot that one day. Yeah. 
So I was really, really dreading it. I was super stressed. But she ended up being okay. Like, she wasn't bad at all these last two weeks. I think she was in high spirits because, guys, it's starting to get warm here in Michigan. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, finally. We've had some great weather up until today, which rained. But, you know, it's getting close to April and April showers. Brings May flowers. Yes. And I love <laughs> it's flowers. It's going to be May. It is. It's going to be May. Is it too soon for that? Um, No. Okay. Let's keep pushing the nice warm weather. Yes, because I don't care how sad you are. You're going to go kayaking with me. Yes. As soon as I'm, it gets warm. I'm excited. Yes. Let's do it. I need to get out there and do some things. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. And, and I've been saving up so we can go traveling. Ooh, exciting. Yes. I'm really super excited for that. Me too. All over Michigan so we can Ooh. start getting some contents for our That's socials. news to me, sis, and that really makes me excited. Yes, I've been saving my tips since February. Nice. Yep. That's awesome. Yuppers. Well, you're really rocking it out. A plus plus for you. (laughs) (laughs) I just am excited. I am too now. That's pretty cool. Yes. It was just an idea. And then I just started saving. I was like, hey, this is actually kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah. We have money to go now. That's so cool, sis. Today, we have a story coming right out of Wayne County, Michigan, and it's something that you guys, if you've listened last week, you know that we are going to do Eloise Asylum. We should talk about the time we tried to go to Eloise first. Yes, this took me on a date with her, her new boy. I made her laugh so hard that she puked on herself, and then we went and saw... The Haunting of Connecticut that day, I believe. Yes. And so we all were super freaked out. And then we're like, hey, let's get my brother and let's go to Eloise. And somehow we picked up my brother. He ended up coming along. And we headed to Eloise. But for some reason, we couldn't get there. We couldn't find it. We kept going in circles. Yeah. On the freeway. And we were like, what the heck? We were just here. I swear we were going straight. You know, I feel like that was like a time portal. Yes. Of when it it just disappeared and was not in existence. It was really weird. But my brother was like, well, that's what Eloise does to you. And I'm actually going to be talking about an interview I did with him. Because he went a separate time without us. I'm so excited to hear this. Yes. So... So a little backstory, how Eloise became a local legend, and I'm going to quote this off of Click on Detroit because I did have a story for y'all, but you know, our really great, great, great luck, I apparently didn't save it like a dumbass. So I'm going to quote right off of Click on Detroit and read what they had to say she's a haunt mess i'm a haunt mess guys so this is what they said say the word eloise to someone who grew up in wayne county and you're sure to get a reaction you're sure as shit sure as shit i've published countless historical 
features and profiles through the years, but there's something about Eloise that persists. Anytime I bring up Eloise to our audience on Click on Detroit, the reaction is unbelievable. It seems everyone has some sort of connection to the place. There's actually a Facebook page for Eloise, and I think they have like 10,000 followers. It's That's insane. crazy. That's probably the unbelievable result right there. Some had relatives who stayed at the hospital. Some know of the ghostly legends. Some broke into abandoned buildings as troublemaking teens. The funny thing is... Cody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cody. The funny thing is, I grew up in western Wayne County. <laughs> I you guess poor, I can't. I can't poor dear. Still. No, just you got ants in your pants. <laughs> I've got the ants and the pumps. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna get through this. <laughs> Where's the stand? Okay, there it goes. Is, are you gonna make it now? Is it? Are we good? Yes. Okay. The funny thing is, I grew up in Western Wayne County, and I didn't know anything about Eloise until I started working in news. Maybe there's history in your backyard. And there is. The history of the Eloise Hospital is more like Michigan folklore. At its peak in the 1920s, the Eloise Complex was a small city with a hospital and mental asylum housing 10,000 patients and a staff of 2,000. History of Eloise. The Eloise began as the Wayne County Poorhouse, which opened in 1839 in the now defunct Nankin Township. Nankin was part of Wayne County, originally named Buckland Township, and it included what are now the cities of Livonia, Inkster, Dearborn, Redford, Wayne, and Westland. Eloise was one of the first hospitals to use x-rays for diagnosis. It was also the home of the first kidney dialysis unit in Michigan. The complex eventually expanded, spanning 902 acres with more than 70 buildings. Yeah, Eloise, you fat. Eloise, you so fat, you need your own zip code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Eloise, you so fat, you need your own post office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The facility had a radium treatment for cancer patients, and the sanitarium was one of the first to use open-air treatment for tuberculosis patients. Psychiatric patients underwent electroshock and insulin shock therapy. After the Great Depression, the population of the complex started to decrease as reports of violence, questionable conditions, misconduct, and overall neglect. I'm curious. Yes. Why is this an ongoing thing with almost every mental institution we do a freaking story on? I know. It is. It's like something happened. And I, I don't know if it was because like all the tuberculosis outbreaks kind of screwed everything up. Or what? Yeah, that's like an ongoing thing with every mental institution story that we've done. It's just there's always misconduct. There's always bad conditions. There's always something going on. And it's just, it's weird. It's because they didn't take mental health seriously. I mean, they no. still don't. There's no. still a lot of work to do. And I'm going to get to that in my story. But Well, and back then, people who had mental family members the people who had money would send those people into places like that to forget about them 
And, you know, it was an embarrassment on their family that they were even in the home. It was sad. It killed their social status. Yes. It was a place to put away people, you know, just to get them out of the hair, pretty much. And I wonder how many of those people actually had illnesses or if they just were a little different. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's kind of going to go with my upcoming Unabomber story, too. So it's going to be fun to debate on that one. I oh, think. yeah, it is. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to have a lot to say because I'm also going to be reading about the manifesto. Oh, nice. So and that's going to be quite a few many parts. Yeah. But anyway, back to Eloise. Farm operations ceased in 1958 and the psychiatric division began to close in 1977 when the state took over. The main hospital closed in 1984. Ghost stories. Visitors have reported odd occurrences on the hospital grounds for years after it was closed. There had been reports of people finding medical waste and other strange items. Some have reported finding jars containing human body parts, as well as documents outlining strange medical procedures. Paranormal investigators have conducted numerous investigations on the grounds. A group recently claimed to have seen a spirit of a woman wearing white often seen on the upper floors and the roof. Last year, Detroit Paranormal Expeditions hosted several public tours of the facility. If you go to click on Detroit, they have a place you can go and check out the evidence that they had captured. Wow. Yes. In 2008, Wayne County sold off the former Eloise complex to developers for just $1. The former hospital complex spanning 28 acres will be redeveloped into affordable senior housing and emergency housing, which I don't think that happened because now it is actually a haunted tourist attraction. It was for a little bit. I do remember it being a senior center for a while. Oh, okay. And I think it might have been a problem. Yeah, with all, the, with all the activity and stuff, I think there was way too many reports and they had to shut it down. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, I, that's what I'm guessing. I'm not sure on that. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> they probably said it was like a building problem or something. Right. So... The agreement was passed unanimously by the Wayne County Commission, which transfers ownership of the K. Beard Building and other blighted properties to a Southfield-based development team. Why just a dollar? The county had been shopping the land for a couple years prior to the agreement this week which this was probably when this was all going down. The complex needs about 4 to $5 million to environmental rehabilitation. According to Assistant County Executive Khalil Rao, Wayne County will save about three hundred and seventy-five k per year with this agreement, with most of the costs stemming from maintenance and security. The agreement also locks in a $20 million investment which includes a plan to demolish buildings the county would have to pay for. Basically, the county sees this as a bargain. So this is when they decided to probably do the senior center and everything. Wow, this must have been a while. It must have been a long time ago. They said back then, 
what's happening with the existing property, the county said most of the properties will likely be demolished, including the power and former Wayne County Prosecutor Building. The cemetery at Eloise will not be removed and will be preserved. That's basically that on Eloise. There's not too much more than that. I believe that they do have tickets to see some of the asylum with the hauntings and all that. Somebody actually got married in that place. Oh my goodness. Yes. Like had the whole zombie theme. It was, How fun. I know. What a way to start out your marriage, y'all. Dude, they're going to last forever. Was was she wearing black? That's all no, I want to know. She was wearing white. Oh, okay. Yes, it was actually pretty cool looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do have Halloween attractions there. The asylum is actually named after Eloise Dickerson. Yes. Um, his daughter, and he was a postmaster that opened the Wayne County Poorhouse before it was Eloise. And then actually, that's why it had its own zip code, because he was a postmaster and got that done. If you want to, go check out www.eloiseasylum.com. They have tickets there. You can go over there and check that out. And if you're really interested and you love those heebie-jeebie joys, go get your heebie-jeebie joy on and check them out. Yes. So I called my brother. I asked him. I was like, hey, can you do a quick interview on Eloise? And he's like, sure. It was his day off. <laughs> but I asked him when he went. And he went about 2006, he said. He remembered being in his early 20s. And I asked him why he went. And he said a bunch of his friends actually lived out there and he wanted to go check it out. Huh. Yes. And I said, what were you hoping to experience? And he said, anything paranormal. And then I said, okay, then what did you experience? You can tell he's a man of a lot of words. Yes. <laughs> Um, he said, uh, small mini mall next to the Eloise, you could actually hear the traffic. You could hear birds. You could hear all this stuff because it was it's in the middle of a city. Mm -hmm. And he said when he stepped on Eloise's property, he couldn't hear a thing. Wow. He said it was like super dead silent and the energy instantly changed and he said, it was like I stepped through a portal. And then I asked him how he felt about it. He said, well, I was anxious and the hairs stood up on the back of my neck. He saw people in the windows of Eloise. And they ended up walking around the warehouse factory. And then when they got done with that, they walked around the cemetery. In the factory, they actually found human remains in the stacks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He said he actually got thrown there. And I do remember him saying this. I, I slightly remember, too. And he did this because he was talking shit to the spirits. Like, he was trying to be a badass. And something grabbed him and sat him down on the Eloise property line. He felt like he had needles in his arms. And he said he felt like he got electrocuted. And he felt like he was being treated as one of the patients. Oh, wow. Hell's door was on the factory. And after midnight, 
I don't know why it's always midnight. Yeah. Because isn't 3 o'clock a.m. the witching hour? It's supposed to be. So after midnight, you will hear a big metal door slam and stuff sounded like it was getting fucked up. I'm I'm quoting him. Yes. (laughs) So I asked him, I was like, would you ever go again? And he goes, yes. He said, it's because he's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And he says a lot of the paranormal activity slowed down because they actually teared down the smokestacks. And when you said that the population was getting low. (laughs) Yeah, now I get it. Funny. (laughs) Actually, he was telling me that the cemetery was super full. There's like no room for anybody to be buried there anymore. Wow. And I go, do you think maybe they just went to the smokestacks because they couldn't get another, you know, little lot for some some bodies. So they just started burning them. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, probably. So I asked him if that was the biggest encounter of the paranormal. And he said, yes. He said he actually got lost in the warehouse and it was like a maze. He said it took forever to get out and there was a lot of the floor and it was rotted out. And it was like all of a sudden he was on a different floor. So he couldn't figure out what floor he was on. He said in the cemetery it was crazy because but there was hundreds of unmarked markers of patients with numbers on there. So they don't even have their names on there. It's just numbers. It's like prison. Yeah. He believes that the smokestacks by the factories where they started burning the bodies instead of burying them because there wasn't any more room in the cemetery and he believes that's why all of the paranormal stuff simmered down after it was torn down that was my interview with cody so thank you cody thank you cody and i love you (laughs) that quite an interview hey i i got a question for cody do you still talk shit to spirits <laughs> that's what i want to know okay cody i'm gonna apologize if this is not what you want his house is haunted oh boy they hear music in the middle of the night and his girlfriend actually feels like she's getting touched sometimes and she feels like it's a little girl so she said we could go over there and do a podcast there Oh, that would be fun. We should get our little appy thing out and stuff. Yeah, that would be a good time. Yes. So, yep. I think he talks shit. He would still talk shit to paranormal. Yeah. That (laughs) sounds like Cody. Oh, and they were in their bedroom and the door flew open. That was another thing. So. Well, then. I've never experienced anything, of course. Yeah. I've been over there a couple times. I think a ghost could be right in front of you and I, and I'd be the one to see it and be like, sis, what the hell are you doing? Why are you freaking out? You Why are- is there smoke? Did you smoke? Did you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> you would be totally oblivious to the whole situation. Probably. I think ghosts get bored. If they, if they try to haunt me, I'm like, yeah, what was that? <laughs> Princess, shut up. <laughs> Princess is my dog, guys. Yeah. Harley, shut up. What are you barking at? (laughs) Yep. That's totally you. Absolutely. Yep. 100%. Yes. So my story is 
Aubrey Ann Moore. And this is actually a recent story. So if any of her family members actually come across this, I just wanted to tell you that I am so sorry this happened to you. And please don't get offended by anything I say on this episode because I got this all off the internet. And sometimes the internet isn't super reliable, but it is what it is. Right. I want to get this out because I feel like it's super important. And I think you guys will agree with me. So Aubrey Ann Moore, she was a 28-year-old. And she was described by her friends and family as artistic She loved her kids. She was really caring. She had sarcastic humor. She was super smart. She was quiet, soft-spoken, and she seemed happy a lot of the times, and she was super protective of her kids. Father of one of the kids that she had, because she had three kids, said that Moore was a loving mother and not a monster. And what I am about to talk about is going to probably break a lot of hearts but Kyrie, she was nine years old. She was Aubrey Ann's oldest daughter. She loved reading. She loved to volunteer to help people. And she was a super good friend. She was actually a really good friend of Aubrey Ann's boyfriend's oldest son. Cassidy was six. She was wild. She was the middle child. And she always made people smile. Elena, she was also her then boyfriend's youngest daughter. She was always joyful and happy. I'm going to talk a little bit about Stephen. That was the boyfriend of Aubrey Ann Moore at the time. He was the father of Elena, the youngest. They ended up breaking up in the middle of 2018. And it left Aubrey Ann changed forever. Moore actually ended up getting hospitalized in September shortly after they broke up. She was petitioned by a social worker to a psychiatric hospital. The petition stated that Moore was suffering from hallucinations and she heard voices often. She would tell her kids to stay home from school because she had a vision from the television saying that there was a school bus crash or something like that, something irrational. Aubrey M. also believed that break-ins could happen at any given moment and she would not sleep because of it. So combine that with no sleep, she actually never ate because she felt like every single food that was put in front of her was poisoned. So she was ordered to be hospitalized for up to 90 days. Okay, she was supposed to be up there for 90 days. It was either 60 to 90 days. If they felt like she was okay, they would have let her out earlier. She was at Forest View Psychiatric Hospital in Grand Rapids Township. However... She was only in the hospital for a total of 10 days. Oh, man, that's not a long time. No. And then she was released. The hospital decided that she wasn't a threat to society, but could be a threat to herself. And still let her go. Yes. What in the actual hell? I don't know. So Stephen, her boyfriend, again stated that since she was released so early, all must be good. He was trusting the people there. Aubrey-Anne would still say some weird things, but he would shrug it off because he thought nothing was super wrong. Um, She just got help. They released her. Everything's good. Then the voices started coming through the television again. The voices stated that they would kill her and the kids. 
Aubrey Ann's fears led her to believe that she was always being watched and something was going to attack her. However, Stephen never thought she would harm the children. Aubrey Ann made several attempts to leave the kids with family and friends because she said she couldn't be alone with them. Days before the devastating tragic event that I'm going to be talking about, Moore stayed part-time at a family member's house, but the day before the event, she was asked to live somewhere else. Family members, which I think it was her parents, told Aubrey Ann that the girls were allowed to stay with them, but she wasn't acting right. So the family took the girls to school the next day and specifically told the staff not to let them be released to their mother that day. And if they were released, they were to call the grandparents and tell them that she went and got them. Do you think they listened? Hell no. No, because politics suck. Yes. All right, so I'm going to talk about the day before the incident now. The day before, Stephen Rue, it's R-A-U, the boyfriend recalls spending time with his girlfriend and the three girls. They decided to let the kids get some energy out, and they took him to a trampoline park in Grand Rapids. And then afterwards, they went coat shopping because the winter was coming soon. Steven said there was no problem, and it was actually a really good day. Nothing odd, just a really good day. However, later that evening, Aubrey Ann went through some cupboards and pulled out a rifle and asked Steven about it while holding some bullets. Steven just thought she was curious because, you know, she was feeling unsafe. She thought there was going to be a break-in, and she thought that she was going to get attacked. So he just kind of shrugged it off, but to be careful, he decided to hide the gun in the back room because he lost the key to the gun safe. Right. He was just like, I'm just going to hide it back here. Aubrey Ann and the kids ended up going to her mom's house to spend the night. And the next morning, Stephen picked her and their youngest, Elena, two years old, and dropped them back at his house the next morning. Stephen decided to head back to bed after getting home because he worked the nights, and Aubrey Ann seemed fine. But after waking up around 3 p.m., his whole life changed. While he was sleeping, Aubrey Ann went to the kids' school, signed them out, and brought them back to Stephen's house. She ended up finding the gun. She then put the kids in the car, drove them down to a property from Stephen's house, took the kids out, blindfolded them, and then shot them with the gun. Oh, my God. All three of them. (sighs) Yes. So she took the dead bodies, put them back in the car, drove back to see Stephen's house where she then shot herself. And one of them was his baby girl. He thought of them all of his own. Yeah. But the youngest one was their kid. We're moms, so this is like hard. Yeah. When Stephen woke up, he went outside to a horrific, unspeakable nightmare. He saw all four bodies, and then he had to call the police. It took a year for Stephen to even speak on the incident. He goes to therapy every day, 
with his son that was really close to one of the girls. He definitely thinks, and I do too, that the mental health system failed Aubrey Ann and her girls, for sure, they were cheated. The politics of school also failed him in this aspect of letting a mental unstable mom with a huge warning from the grandparents of the kids to take them out of the school and didn't even have the decency to call the grandparents. He also thinks, and I agree with him again, that more information should be shared with the families about warnings or any concerns regarding the safety of the individuals of the family and the family that, you know, has to live with them afterwards. Mm -hmm. They weren't taken seriously and they should have been. When she was released, nothing was shared with the family because of HIPAA laws. Oh, lovely HIPAA. Yes. You know, that is absolutely why we say there is no gray area. And it goes for this, too. There's no gray area. In politics or anything like that. Nothing. And there should be. There should be. Absolutely. It's absolutely disgusting. Or just be a decent human being if you're going to let a kid, after you got warned, not let the mom sign him out. Yeah. I don't know if she told her all the details. Yeah. Of why. But still, that should be like a little red flag going up in the brain of the person that's working the desk at the school. You know, I can't release the kids. Yeah. Or I have to call your parents if you're going to take them out. Yeah. But no, you know, the whole politics of the school. She didn't have a court order to do that yep the the grandparents didn't have no a gray court, area court order so Aubrey had every single right to their, her kids that's terrible yeah so yeah it was awful it, it's awful what they did back then to the people who suffered from mental illnesses and it's awful what they do now yeah it is I feel like sometimes they release people and they really should not be released no I almost lost someone very close to me because they were suffering heavily mental stuff. They released this person within two weeks and within a month they tried to kill themselves again. And it's because, you know, I really think it's because the meds they put them on, it's not regulated. They're not, you know, they're using them as guinea pigs and expecting them to come out of it in 10 days. Um, no, that's not a cure. You have no. to hold on to them for at least a month and yeah. f- and get the shit right before you're sending them back out into society where they could either A, hurt themselves or hurt someone else that they love. Right. Out of, you know, because they're freaking mental. There's, it's just not enough time. Yeah. And then, you know, the supernatural part of me was like, was she possessed? I mean, yeah, could be. <laughs> It's like an Amityville horror type thing, you know? I mean, after hearing that how, like, blindsided people were about it. And yeah. hearing how they described her. And, yeah. you know, she was smart. She was sarcastic. You know, she really loved her kids. Yeah. And for this to automatically happen after her boyfriend left. I mean, I know people go through downward spirals and stuff. Yeah. But, um, 
that's a little extreme. It is. It is a uh, yeah. There's something not clicking there. No. There's so much more to the story than what people I think really understand. Yeah. So I can understand when the father said, you know, she was a good mom. She wasn't a monster. Yeah. You know, like that she just was untreated. Yeah. She should have been in the hospital longer. Yeah. And if you're a professional, you should have not let her out, even if she was a threat to herself. Yeah. Like, her life matters, too. Yeah. Well, they don't look at it that way. As long as she's not a threat to society. But you know what? It's okay if she's a threat to herself. She'll just be another one put away. Yeah, but that. they don't want to waste the money and the resources to feed her, no. house her, clothe her. And what it boils down to is money. Money. That's it. That's all the world cares about is money. And it makes me absolutely sick. Yeah. Honestly, mental yep. health should be taken seriously. And right here is a good story of why. I honestly think if you are in a hard place, though, you should be willing to try. The system's probably going to always fail, but it, it's our job to try to leave the world better than we found it, my sister and I. Yeah. And whether you need to exercise your brain to get it stronger because your brain is a muscle it needs to be exercised just like any other part of your body and if you're not exercising it daily by journaling sparking your creativity with hobbies socializing if that's what you're into talking with somebody that understands it and it really just starts with you taking that first step to healing we do have the power to change mental health by helping each other who struggle with it and Stacy and I can't do much to change the way the world handles it, but we can give you tips and tricks to deal with it. And so you can live the life you want without limits. Yeah, I know, Stacy, you mentioned you were going through everything with your daughter. Yeah. You still got out of bed and you still got stuff done. So what is your biggest tips to people out there for dusting yourself off and like just pushing through it? I would have to say... You know, just having motivation with something, whether that be make a goal for yourself for the day, baby steps. You know, um, for me, it's like this podcast really helps me get up and actually do something for the week, because if I didn't have it, I probably wouldn't be doing too much, you know. And so knowing that I have have to do something that that really helps you know, my sister really relies on me for coming through on my end. And so that really makes a, you know, letting her down is not something I'd want to do. So that's what I do. So, yeah, that's actually a good point. Accountability, guys. If you yeah. if you have somebody in your life that can hold you accountable, I feel like that's huge. Yes. And so you really got to find people out there that can hold you accountable. Find somebody, tell them about it because they're going to hold you accountable now. And it's got to be somebody that really cares about you. It's going to take a lot of pushing through, but I feel yeah. like if you get it out there and you tell them what you want, they're going to ask you about it and keep you keep you accountable. Keep you, keep you going. So, yeah, my fi my biggest thing lately is if I feel, like, super overwhelmed or depressed, I'm starting to journal and starting to write down and get to the root of the problem of why I feel that way. And I feel right. like it's really, really helping. And meditation, and I'm also listening to a lot of podcasts on mindset, reading books to level up in life, 
painting and I started eating better and that helps too. Loving yourself is number one key. Yeah. And I do love myself. It took me a while to get there. That's going to be the next episode on revealing your manifestation is loving yourself. Be selfish. You have to be selfish to a degree. You have to learn to love yourself. And starting with being selfish is one of those things you have to do. And I know it sounds like an asshole thing to do, but if you're not loving yourself first and foremost, how can you love anyone else? How can you enjoy life? You can still love people when you're not feeling that great about yourself, but you can really experience love at the fullest when you love yourself. Yes, absolutely. One thing that I struggle with is body dysmorphia, but I've actually learned to just love my body for how it is. Do you want to know a trick? What? You need to start writing down all the things you like about yourself. I do. Good. I did. Yes. It's something I'm holding myself accountable for. Yes. On revealing your manifestation. Okay. Now I'm going to definitely hold you guys accountable for writing stuff that you like about yourself. And I want you to share it with me and just send it to the WFM podcast at gmail.com or mistress magnetism at gmail.com, whatever one you prefer. And we will more than happy keep in contact with you guys and keep you uplifted and eventually we'll have a forum so just stay with us and guys where are the freaking stories where are the stories (laughs) come on now give us like your weirdest story or give us whatever you want to do yeah just tell us about yourself we would love to have any kind of story to put on an episode and we will put you in a raffle for a giveaway and we're going to be drawing the name. But right now it's just Cody. So, yeah. And I will personally send you a WFM podcast t-shirt if you send us in a story and it is the one that gets the most views. Ooh. That's a good idea. So stick with us (laughs) and send your stories in. Guys, free merch. Free merch, guys. And you get some thoughtful cards from us. And you'll get a Amazon gift card for $10. Yeah. Who doesn't like free? Free. Come on. Free. This is crazy. Yes. Send them in, guys. We want to get to know ya. (laughs) Absolutely. So, stars don't shine without darkness. And seeds can't grow without darkness. Shine bright. Shine bright and stay weird. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye. Give the sun to those weirdos from Michigan.